What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Second Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Aris. I'm your other host, Elijah Venencia. Welcome back, everyone. Let's just kick it off, you know, with um, I'm sure everybody's anticipating how our basketball week went. Tell them how it went, Johnny. Man, this was not a bad game for us. I was, you know, a little bit nervous going into it. We were, you know, we're one and seven. We were going in. Uh, sorry, spoiler. One and six, we were going into the game. And we were playing a team that was seven and oh. Um, obviously, we did lose. But for being a 7-0 team, we put up a good fight. It was a close game. We only It was about like an 8 to 12-point game the whole time. And then they I went think on we held our own run. for sure, definitely. Oh, yeah. You know, you got into a little bit of a Skirmish. squabble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell them what happened. I mean, basically, they, you know, they were, I was just talking all back and forth. They started it, of course. But, you know, I got like four, four dudes I'm just arguing through. And then I'm one of them. I just... He's fighting through a screen, just through a quick little elbow, and that's what set it Slide. off. Double technicals, obviously, after that, after the argument. Shout out Coach Stevens. You know, he tried to calm it down, call a timeout, but that just fueled me more to go to half court and argue with their whole team. Coach Stevens, he caught a stray from one of the players, talking about how few points he had. Man, it was ugly. But it, it was funny, though, because I – Yeah, I mean, it was pretty funny because <laughs> a dude said to Devin, he was like, he's like i got five points how many do you have and like coach. i'm just yeah <laughs> i've never heard anyone coach. uh flex five points so yeah yeah flex and five points it's always the people who are doing the least to talk the most so well sometimes not but a lot of the time i like to talk a little bit but that team you know they had my respect for the most part except for that kid that was talking with five points other than that though they had some dogs so they were a, a worthy adversary definitely you know i'll take the l I'll take it for sure that we fought, you know, we held our own though. That's all, that's all we can ask for sure. Back. So now we're feeling good and we're going in the playoffs, you know, the team we're playing, we had a, a fairly close game with I'm, I'm feeling all right. I'm not like super worried about it. Like we'll be all right either way. I feel like, you know, that game too, we were just, we had to find ourselves. And once we found ourselves, we just, you know, started taking off and it came a really close game. So, you know, that we've, let's start the game off the right way, you know, show them that we're a different team. Definitely. So by the time this episode comes out, our season might be over or we're going to be some winners and we're going to be moving to championship weekend. So yeah, playoffs. next week's episode is going to be a big update. You know, last episode, we talked about our thoughts on what was going to happen in this euphoria season finale. We obviously saw how it turned out. What did you think about the season finale? Obviously, spoiler warning for anybody that has not watched euphoria skip like i don't know a couple minutes just skip around you you don't want to hear this if you have any intention of watching for you uh r.i.p ash you know i'll start it off that, that was, was a hot the, that was a hot start yeah craziest moment of the probably the series that was crazy scene there ash went out like a man you know it was he went out different that's all i'm gonna say on that man there were a couple of crazy things like first off i saw that the actor that plays ashtray was like he might not be dead. He might oh, he's be dead. Bro. He's, he's, he's dead. so dead. He, he, yeah. The red dot on the forehead. It's a wrap, but whatever. You never know. There's always some like little things they can finesse to I'll bring him back to the multiverse. Exactly. Something like that. But also it was crazy because, you know, when Fesco was down there on the ground, he was screaming, he's just a kid. He's just a kid. But the first episode of the season, he's like, he's That's not a kid. Partner. He's my business partner. Yeah. Oh, that was different. Seeing it was obviously heavily foreshadowed throughout the whole season i felt like just because it started with their relationship and their origin story so getting this conclusion of the season was 
tough. Yeah, I'm definitely most interested to see, you know, what happens between or what happens with Fez, you know, and then he had all those moments with Lexi. So, I mean, man, Lexi seems like such like a nice girl. And Fezco, I mean, he's a great guy, but he's about he's that life. Shit. He's about that life. Yeah. So we'll have to see how that works out. But I think Ash had to die, though. He's, he's too reckless. He was. He was out of pocket <laughs> so many times. He did not know when to play chill and when to go crazy. He was he was good 100 all the time. Yeah, he was on 10 for sure. He was always on 10. But we won't see what happens until 2024. How crazy is that? That That is a long time to wait. So I guess we better – it's good enough to start it now. Well, I'm sure like they justified by there was such a long wait between season one and two that they're like, oh, we can do it again. But like I feel like the season one ending was so much more – concise Anti, yeah inclusive like, yeah with like there was like a little bit it was of like rue going to her next chapter almost after uh jules left but you know they ended up bringing her back and everything so i mean exactly there, so like, there's a lot of different directions they could go like a lot of open plot holes and everything so i'm excited that's the thing the plot holes like there's so many plot holes that they did not conclude with on this episode rue and Lori with the drug deal the third brother that they've never mentioned. Yeah. Fezco, like, and that's just a couple. Fez and uh, Maddie and the babysitter, you know, it's. Yeah, that was a weird little thing to put in there if that's all it is. Like, I don't know. And, you know, they did my girl Cat Dirty this season. I heard that yeah. she was beefing with Sam Levinson, the director, and she got like seven words all season. <laughs> Definitely. And she, she had a good, you know, character arc in the first season. So, yeah, I mean, there's did. a lot of things to be excited for. Coming they got to do something. So. I also, you know, do not clown me if this is wrong, but I saw online that he is like the only writer on the show. Sam Levinson, the creator of the show, is like the only writer. So, like, there's nobody to check him to be like, oh, Sam, you know, we haven't talked about this in three episodes. Yeah. Maybe we should go back to that. Like, you got maybe. Drizzy in the back, you know, executive producer on the show. He's, he's, uh, he's got to tell him. I want to know what Drizzy does. I was watching an interview, I think it was with Maud Avatar, the girl that plays Lexi. And she was like, yeah, Drake was just like on set once. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, that's just how I imagine it. Definitely. So, I mean, there's so much to be excited for, you know. Uh, probably when we're around 100 episodes, we'll be able to talk about it again. So, that's crazy. Moving on here, you know, I had a big week, huge week. <laughs> I'm rubbing it a little bit. We had our first ox battle, you know. I ended up taking the W 5-2. to two. Wasn't even close, you know. Uh, what can I say? What are your thoughts on that? Let's hear a little bit. To your side of the story. You gotta stop the cap. Saying it was not close is cap. But it I did I did close. have I you, did have two landslide victories. You ran away I had another, with it. Yeah, I had another win by like five votes. Whereas the other, you know, my losses one of them really close. Yeah. <laughs> they were close. I'll give you that. You put up a good good contest this time. Um I'm gonna be honest, we were a little bit late with the preparation of the episode. We really didn't have too much time to think about our choices. Um, so just know it's going to be like a seven of sweep next time. Like it's not going to be Ooh. close. Like I'm taking, right. there is no mercy on you. You played the audience too hard. You were like, oh, I'm going mainstream hits. Hey, I can play mainstream that, hits. I too. mean, that's, that's what you got to go for. You know, you're on Ox, you're playing for the audience. So I know you kind of are, but I also play for myself a little bit too much. And I feel like there is a difference between the songs I picked and what I would actually play. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I almost didn't understand the assignment. You know, well, I mean, you just want something. I felt it. I took it as you know something that I definitely would play 
along with something that everybody else is going to like that. I mean, that's my, that's my role on Ox. You know, I'm not trying to put the people on. That's what this is for. Respect. Um, Yeah. I feel like I was going a little bit too much, like just a song that I would listen to and not what I would play in the car. And that's, you know, where the distinction needs to be made and where I've learned and where I'm going to boss up on you next time. I mean, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the next one too. We can't obviously do it like next week. Like we're going to take a couple weeks off, you know, plan some good categories. So, Hey, if you have any categories you want to see us pick a song for, let us know in the comments on Instagram, shoot us a DM. Cause we want to pick some songs. We you know, if you're trying to find that perfect song for any vibe, we can put you on, let us know. So this week, hold up, Johnny, hold up, hold up, hold up. So I'm, this is completely off script here, everyone. Um, I got, I'm, I'm thinking of an album, Johnny. I got three hints for you. Let's, uh, let's get something going here. Okay. So the first hit, this December 2020 album was this artist's second studio album. That's your first hint. I'll give you a guess here. If you don't guess it, we can move on. Okay, let me think. Second album in December of 2020. Ooh, that's a good one. Um. I like this. This is, this is not cap that this is unscripted. Like I was not ready for this. this <laughs> yeah. Good. yeah. Um, second album, December, 2020. Ooh, I was going to say playboy Cardi. Is that your guess? Is that your final that, answer? Uh, that's my first guess. Yeah. It's wrong. All right. That's it. <laughs> you got it. You got it off rip. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was going to, we we're going to move on to the second guess. The 20 plus song album had three features if you got there but you got it first try so off rip so that was impressive i it was tough because i was like okay self-titled dial it whole lot of red but self-titled's a mixtape so i was like okay that's that's my guess yeah that's see it was i gave you i kind of give it was a given there not a given but you know something easier so that was no that was kind of tough like that that was good i like that you put me on the spot for that because we gotta get each other on stuff like that more so i like that but Our, with that being yeah, said, like, we got to get into today's topic. Today, obviously, everybody knows the publication Pitchfork. You know, they kind of have a reputation for how they rank and rate albums. And, you know, we kind of wanted to give each other a couple albums to guess what Pitchfork rated them. And then, you know, we'll talk a little bit about how we feel about the albums, if we think they're higher, if they're lower. And, you know, to talk about our thoughts on the album. So you want to get us started with your first album that you chose for me to guess? Definitely. All right. So the first album I chose was Big Fish Theory by Vince Staples. What do you think they rated that? Okay. Um, I mean, this is an interesting album because the production on this album is so unique. Vince obviously is doing his thing with the raps, but it's definitely the most unique album in Vince Staples catalog. So it's kind of like, do I think they enjoyed it or do I think they didn't like it? I'm going to guess that they liked it though, because it is something unique. He's kind of pushing boundaries. I'm going to guess they gave it a 7.9. This is one of the higher ones I chose. I Let me look. This is the second highest album they chose or that I have on my list here. They gave it an 8.7. Oh, that's pretty high, but yeah, I was looking I'm through his discography. They are very high on Vince Staples. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, so. I guess I won't be surprised for the next time that, you know, I get a discussion on a Vince Staples album. So, no, that's. I think that's a pretty fair ranking. I mean, it's one of my favorite albums of all time, honestly. I mean, one of the albums that really got me into Vince Staples even more than I was before when it came out. So do you have a favorite song off that album? What would you say? I, I got to go with, yeah, right. I, I love a good unlisted feature. And when Kendrick came in for that first time on that first listen, I was like, oh my God, is that Kendrick? Because I wouldn't have thought that Vince and Kendrick would be collabing like that. So when I heard that for the first time, I was like, 
okay this is different i like this and like obviously like i've mentioned the production is just so unique there's not many rappers out there that can rap on the beats on that album like vince is just different yeah it was a very very good production on that the beats are all fire and everything so you know i'm not surprised but just how high it is because you know they have such a tough grading scale i feel like and yeah i feel like they either go pretty high or pretty low so you know we'll we'll see how uh how you can do with these albums that i picked for you so let's move on to my first choice for you to guess i chose j cole with the off season Ooh, this is gonna be a tough one because i Ooh, i don't know that's i like the album personally you know it's probably my third favorite cole project but i, I looked at an album for you i looked at the sideline story and they weren't too high on it so i'll go with a 7.3 okay 7.3 they gave it a 6.5 Ooh, see i you know i'm my goal for this is to be within one point of each album so i'll take that um that was i i was very i liked the album what what did you think of the album no like you said it was top three call for you probably three and i agree that's exactly where i put out you clowned me on that a couple episodes ago when i said it's number two but it, it's number three for sure behind uh for your eyes only and 2014 forest hills drive but it's such a good return to form for jermaine love this project probably it was around my top 10 for last year if i had to uh make my list i don't really exactly remember where i had it but good project so 6.5 is you know a little bit lower than i would have put it but it pretty good i mean that's about you know that was kind of the range i was expecting you know with most of these albums so that's like a a good uh middle point there good middle ground all right moving into our second album i have camp by childish gambino oh this is a polarizing album and i know it is this is one where i specifically remember the needle drops review of it and he was not a fan of this. He, this is probably like around the time I got into Neil Drop. And I know he was not loving this album. <laughs> I know he gave it like a two. So I'm going to guess that Pitchfork gave it a 3.8. They gave it a 1.6. They, no. they, they were not messing with it. They were. I tried to choose one that was super, super low and somewhat unexpected. And yeah, they... One, so I think six? this one point six, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad of an album. You know, it's not my favorite Gambino project, but that's ooh. insane. That is crazy low. Like, no, it's nowhere near the best thing Gambino. A one point, yeah, like a one point six for me is like I'm struggling to listen to this album, and I, not, <laughs> never have once thought that you know while giving it a good listen. No, that's, and I think it's. I remember the Neil Drops review of it. And he was like, "Oh, the." storyline basically sucks and like doesn't make sense and stuff but i think it's a fairly cohesive storyline and i think the songs are you know good songs like even if you're like okay the narrative sucks i think the individual songs themselves are like you know pretty good you got heartbeat you got you know backpackers you got some good songs on there bonfire bonfire one of the best gambino songs and that outro is like my favorite outro of all time maybe that power is like top 10 outros easy for me i love that one so much um so that's shocking that it's that low yeah i see i had to get you know one one shocking one in there so i'm glad i got that word out of you okay i, I won't say if i have any super high or super low ones but you know we'll see all right let's get into the next one though i chose chance the rapper the big day Ooh, 
Let's go with a, a 4.4. Okay. They gave it a 6.9. Ooh, that's, that's higher than most, you know. It's to, for an album viewed as like, you know, such as a, like, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like all over, you know, all around. It, it's a flop. It's very high for them. And you, like the Gambino project they just rated, like, they're super harsh. I mean, I was expecting them to, you know, just go crazy, go in on chance, but hey, I'm... I think it's definitely a tough one because I think Pitchwork is from Chicago. I know they have the Pitchwork Festival in Chicago. So maybe they get the little Chicago bias for a chance they can't do them dirty like that. But 6.9 is high. Like we just talked about J. Cole, the offseason, 6.5. You're telling me the big day is better than the offseason? I just can't get behind that. Definitely, definitely not. It's just. It's, it's, it's not better this album I'm going to give you next. And I don't know. It's just, And this is also, you know, Chicago rappers. So Let, let's move on. You know, I'm, I'm, now, the more I think about it, the more I just want to. All right, let's see what we got. So the uh, I have Goodbye and Good Riddance by Juice World. Mm, okay. You know, this is obviously a very, very popular album, but I truly don't know how the critical reception of this project has been. I'm going to say that they liked it though, because you know, when it came out, you had the hits, you had lucid dreams, you had all girls the same. I'm going to say they gave it a 7.8. That one checks in at a 6.4 lower than the big day by half a point. Hmm. That's pretty surprising because this is like one of the defining like emo rap albums and yeah that was that was my thing for it you know it's just like it's such a defining project that you it's at, you know it should at least be a seven that's pretty surprising do you remember how you got introduced to juice world what was your origin story on juice world uh summer going going into my junior year so i mean it was fairly early that would have been 2018 19 so summer of 2018 and it was uh lucid dreams i believe and i mean you know he just killed it from there um gone too soon of course but just put out so many good tracks so many relatable tracks and it was such a pioneer in the emo rap scene for sure i remember my introduction to juice world was from my boy skiz shout out to skiz b um i went over to his grandma's house we were in the basement he put on the all girls the same video shortly after it came out by lyrical lemonade and i was like okay this is different like this guy is going to be something special. And then, you know, sure enough, he's one of the biggest artists in the world before his passing and even after his passing. But um, Spotify recently did a thing probably within the last year and a half. And it, they gave everybody like a status of how early of a fan they were basically. And I was like a platinum juice world fan because I was in the top or the first 0.1% of juice world fans on Spotify. I was like, that's crazy. I mean, that's another thing, you know, another time Hoops and just put everybody on, put the world on pretty much, you know, take the world by storm, of course, you know, Hoops in Illinois, stand up. I mean, look at us. We're the ones putting people on now. So this is just a start. <laughs> but all right, let's move on to the next album I chose for you to guess. Logic with everybody. Ooh. This was my, you know, the last good Logic project for me. And, you know, it was, it had a... Re- you know, a pretty decent story to it. it. had a good like theme for it and everything. So I think this is one that they'd like a little bit more than versus, you know, giving the low, low, late uh, rating. Uh, <clears throat> let's go 
7.3. They gave it a 5.2. Ooh. I do, I do not like that rating at all. <laughs> what? Where would you rate that album? I, I know. I think it's a little bit higher than this, but it's not like a lot higher. Like I, maybe like Camp, it's just Camp deserves a lot higher. <laughs> this is like it deserves higher, but not by more than like 1.5. Maybe it was just like timing for me, and you know, just kind of like growing up with this album almost. Like this is like one of the first Logic projects I remember because I was after Under Pressure. I, an incredible true story i wasn't quite there yet but then bobby tarantino and then he followed it up with this and that's that's very surprising and disappointing almost because that was i really like the project probably the last good logic project for me you know i'm not saying it's an under pressure bobby tarantino type project but ooh, five so it's, it's rough for me yeah it, it was pretty crazy because i was definitely like a you know i feel like a lot of people were but myself included a hardcore logic fans back in the day like in high school i was like oh logic is a dog like he's top five no question that mixtape logic was just different Mm -hmm. under pressure logic different even the incredible true story different but then this is kind of where that downfall started i was like he killed it with this one like thinking about it you know i had almost every song saved on spotify um brennan and anthony both of them we were bumping this all the time he killed it with this i mean i don't know it's I think, you know, Bobby Tarantino, too, that was where his decline started. So and I for thought me, Bobby for... Tarantino kind of came up. Um, but yeah, tell him, be honest. When was the last time you listened to a single song off of everybody? Uh, it was actually just this week because <laughs> I was creating yeah, I like a chill, right a really chill, like <laughs> vibing playlist. And I was like, hallelujah, it goes crazy. Interesting. I don't even remember that song, honestly. Like, I'd have to go back and listen. But yeah, I, it made the playlist and everything. So, I mean, the receipts are there. So it was i stand corrected it, I thought it about hasn't it you know it hasn't serenaded so well but you know just like back in the day mauricio and i listened to killing spree in the hummer it was just with ansel that was that was different those are different times killing spree did hit um and like i went to logic concert two i think i saw logic twice after this time but it just didn't hit the same all right let's let's move on here you know we we can agree to disagree okay I have Lil Peep here with Hellboy. Mm. This is a hard one because this is probably personally my favorite Lil Peep project. That's why I chose it. <laughs> I remember you had said that. And... Yeah. And so the thing is, you know, this might be cheating a little bit, but I remember that last year Pitchfork went and updated some scores, like maybe like 100 scores or something. And I feel like this was one of it. Like, I think this album might've been lower and they're like, okay, this had influence. So we're going to bump it up a little bit. I could absolutely be wrong. That could be totally different project, but I'm going to say that they gave this a 7.8. Give it an 8.5. Okay. I like that a lot. They were very high on it. And I, you know, I'm a huge little peep fan. Let me double check. I just want to clarify here what they have. Like, come over when you're sober, part two, part one, and two. That you know, the superior projects in my mind. Let me see what they have them at here. A seven point two and a seven point one for come over when you're sober, part one, and seven point two for part two. And that's just, you know, a huge little peep fan here. That Hellboy is not a better project than that than either of those, in my opinion. I like the project. You know, I'm not saying it's a bad project in my eyes or anything, but. I, I can't justify a rating higher than that. 
And like you said, you know, that, that's something they went back, but you know, why haven't they gone back for good Biden, good riddance and updated, you know, please. That's a fair point. Um, I don't know though. Like Hellboy just hits a little bit different, like Cobain, Gucci Mane, Hellboy, the song interlude, like Hellboy. If I'm bumping in little peep, I'm bumping Hellboy. And that's, that's all I got to say. I, I I'll bump all little peep. I'm not hating. I feel like I'm coming off like I'm hating on the project, but uh, Come over when you're sober. Part two is it's up here. I'm, I'm right up here with the vinyl, but you know that's no exaggeration. It is up that is one of my favorite albums of all time, and maybe it's just the timing it came out for me and everything. But that is that's an album with no skips for me. No, I, you know, obviously it's personal opinion. I can't disagree with that, but personally, Hellboy is my favorite, so I'm glad that he gets a little bit of respect from Pitchfork. Definitely, it's good to see little people get respect from them. So you know, I appreciate Pitchfork. Thank you definitely let's move on to the next album i chose i chose drake with more life i feel like they went went in on drake here i feel like they um you know they're a little bit harder on um larger artists which you know rightfully so uh let's go with a 4.5 Ooh, that's pretty low shockingly they went with a 7.8 they're higher on it the most you know they're like i know it's like different people grading and everything but i feel like they they've seen like a better structure than this because you got like some that are so low some that are so high you know it's just it's all over the place for sure yeah what would you give a personal rating for for more life uh you know i'd give it like a i mean i don't know like a 6.7 or something yeah i mean it's it's a mid drake album for me it's probably like after views it may maybe right out right out there after views but i mean it's definitely not my favorite drake project yeah it's definitely you know there's good songs but this is kind of where like the decline of drake almost started you know not a decline because he still puts out bangers of course but you know in the rapping rap view it it was kind of the decline of drake no definitely and i feel like this is kind of where like the clowning of drake started a little bit like i feel like you know before views there weren't that many like haters on Drake, but I feel like there's a lot of Drake haters now. Definitely. I mean, obviously as you get bigger and bigger, you just get kind of target on your back and he's a great example of that. Like, I feel like when God's plan or nice for what, like those songs started popping like Scorpion era, that's when like peak Drake hate was happening. But I feel like this was kind of like the start of it. They were like, Oh, this is uh, not what nothing was the same or if you're reading this is too late were. So, you know, I'm going to hate on it on Twitter. Like I think that's just what happened. Do you have a favorite track that from the from More Life? You know, there's a couple, but I'll start with Past Fruit. Obviously, such a great song. But the one that I feel like I don't hear anybody really talk about Teenage Fever. I I like that song too. It it got in the chill playlist that I, you know I just created. I'm I messed the song for sure. I think Teenage Fever was like near the top ten of one of my Spotify rap playlist like i used to um, bump tage fever heavy definitely i feel like that that album you know it didn't it didn't like stick in my discography for too long like i didn't bump it for as long as i probably should have but i was scrolling on tiktok this is probably last year around this time and uh it was like a do not disturb clip and i could not think of the song for my like for the life of me and it was just great going crazy that is that's up there for tracks and drake's discography for me that is a that's certified banger no definitely that song is 
so good and i feel like it's like i have a playlist i have a series of playlists i guess like a folder on spotify of essentials for different artists and that is obviously my drake essentials playlist like that is a staple in the drake discography so if you're listening and you haven't heard do not disturb by drake go listen to that if you're a drake hater go listen to that maybe it'll change your mind uh, that's kind of like brought me back to like nothing with the same vibes like that song would have fit right in there i would have listened and you know not thought twice about it definitely i feel like it could have been on care package definitely for sure yeah all right moving on to my last album here we have yeezus by kanye west okay this is an interesting one obviously i would say it's the most experimental of any kanye project like it's right up there with 808s you know with the experimental sound he has with it yeah like i wouldn't say like 808s is obviously like experimental at the time well yeah at the time you know obviously it's a little bit different for us now but but this is the one that has the most like out there production like 808s and stuff is still the performance i think is innovative and you know experimental but i think that the instrumentals and stuff that's kind of like you know similar to what's been out and just kind of blending some genres but Jesus is something like hadn't completely done before. It's totally new. So I'm going to say that this is either very high or very low. I feel like this is an album that has really grown on a lot of people over time. Yeah, but they haven't updated the review yet. You know, it's no, yeah, I'm not. This is a 2013 raw review. No, yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, I think they might have gone low because they weren't, you know, ready for the sound. So I'm going to say they gave it a 5.3. They gave this album. This is it's still probably not this to me. I like the album and everything. I gave the album a nine point five. Whoa! Like this, it, it is nearing that ten range, and that was in twenty thirteen. They ate this album up. They loved it and everything. It's um, it's probably mid. You know, it's not a mid album, obviously, but it's like, it's like in the middle of my comedy discography. It's definitely not my favorite. I, I think he has a lot more. A lot better albums than that, but yeah, 9.5, I was shocked. I was looking for an album that would just shock, you know, hopefully the audience as well, including us. And yeah, that was. Yeah, that shocked me in like a, a good way, I guess. Like Camp shocked me in like a bad way. Like, yeah. are you serious way? This is also in an RC, are you serious way? But like, that's crazy. I like, you know, I, you know, let's, let's get into this. What do you think about ra- rating albums? Do you think it's weird to rate albums? Because you know, it is an artist's body of work. Like, do you think it's kind of, how do you feel about rating it? I, I think it's, you know, there's ratings for everything. There's ratings for NFL draft players. Like, I mean, there's ratings for literally anything. So, I mean, I think, I think rating albums, you know, it's needed to, you know, kind of gauge the album for uh, other listeners and everything. I, I have no issue with rating albums. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I think that's fair. I think there's a place for it. I kind of prefer like ranking ranking. Yeah. I, I, I would say I agree with you. It's hard to come up with the number of an album, but I could go through discographies and, you know, rank them throughout. Yeah. And that, cause ranking to me is like more of a personal thing. Like rating is kind of like trying to put an album and make it sub, a subjective number, which is like kind of hard to do. Cause everybody kind of has a different scale. And, you know, what's an eight to me might be a four and a half to you. So it's kind of like. Exactly. Uh, you know, that's, that was kind of like the thing going through here is like, it's so hard to gauge like a general audience of what they rate an album, you know, and every album's, I mean, pretty different. And, and I feel like, you know, we chose completely different albums here and it was just, 
it's hard to find a, a number. So I definitely agree with you on that, that ranking albums is a, a better way of doing it. Yeah. Because like now you look at this and like, even the first two, I mentioned the big day in the off season, like 6.5 and 6.9. And like, there's, I, I feel like it's yeah. so much easier to like rank, be like, okay, yes, the off season is a higher than the big day. I can argue, yeah, and I can argue with someone, you know, that an album that come over when you're sober part two is better than Hellboy, but like a personal rating, you know, I can't be mad at someone personally having the rating at what they have it at 8.5, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you, it's because maybe they think come over when you're sober, you know, is that is a better is a step better, but you know, when you're ranking them, you kind of have a visual of everything. So definitely. All right, let's get into my last album I chose. Baby Keem, our boy, with the melodic blue. I feel like they had to be, had to perceive this album very, very highly. Oh, let's go with a 7.8. 6.4. I mean, you know, I, I can't say I'm surprised, but if it was anything under six, you know, I was, I was going to be triggered. I was going to, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to slam something because, you know, I, I can't deal with slander on my boy, Baby Keem. No, that was like one of my fa- That was probably my personal favorite album of last year or maybe second to Call Me If You Get Lost. But like, I, I'd agree with you 100 percent. Yeah, like uh, that's that was probably one of my favorite projects of last year. It's probably top three for sure. And he absolutely killed it. And, and it's upsetting. I like- it has me sick to my stomach right now. <laughs> I feel like this is one that in, you know, seven years when we're doing their next updates, we'd be like, okay, Baby Keem, he birthed a new generation. Baby Keem is on the Mount Rushmore in the 2020s. You know, he deserves an eight with this one. So I could see it going up in the future. We'll see. I guess, you know, I'll, I'll break the news to everybody. We're having a Baby Keem X Second Avenue podcast meetup in St. Louis. Be there. <laughs> Turn me up. You've actually mentioned no, the podcast before, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just messing around. But, uh, you know, catch us at the concert. You know, if you recognize us, just say what's up we'll, we'll send some autographs get some pics you know speaking of you know meetups tell us so, a little bit about what happened to you uh, so this is the craziest shit like I, I was i was not expecting this i was so thrown off i was like huh when it happened so you know just this is probably like what episode two episode three this is not very this far is, into this it this is early in our podcasting careers uh so, so i was at chick-fil-a and um i'm getting my food you know they bring it out to you and everything the dude asked me, he's like, are you from Second Avenue Podcast? I was like, huh? I was like, wait a minute, what? What do you mean? Yeah, no, so I don't know if he was just like, if he knew and was just trolling or or what, but uh, he said he saw it off an Instagram story, so, you know, appreciate that guy showing love. Shout out to Hit all me up for that Chick-fil-A stories. Second Avenue collab. <laughs> now, that's crazy. I honestly would not know what to do if I saw somebody that, like, recognized me from the podcast. Um, I feel like I'd be thrown off. I'd be like, you're fucking with me like yeah you're making fun of me like have I, you seen like the the luigi meme where he's like looking down at the phone he's like huh oh yes yeah yes. That, that's what i was like i was looking down i was like huh like what do you mean no like i just don't believe that we're at the point where people would approach us in public like maybe in hoopson maybe there's like younger kids in hoopson that i don't know that would be like oh i love the podcast that's different but like you were in champagne like that's not hoopson we're expanding we're day by day it's gonna happen by in concert yep definitely Meet i was great. looking at our analytics and i think st louis is like our sec i think it's our largest city actually on apple podcast mm-hmm. so hey if you're in st louis baby keem concert i think march 
29th. So March 29th at the pop pageant. Out, Show pop up. out. We'll see you there. Come grab some merch, you know? Oh, yeah. All right. You know, we had fun doing that. I felt like that was like a, a lot of good dialogue from us there. That's that's very surprising. And I, I liked what we did there with that. Give us some more albums. And, you know, that can be maybe not a weekly thing, maybe like a bi-weekly thing where we can, you know, just pick some albums that you guys have and, you know, we'll guess the rating and then, you know, pull up the rating and everything. Yeah, I really agree. This is a good little segment. Good to touch on some albums that we might not have talked about otherwise. Like, I love Camp, but it's not my favorite Gambino project. So we might not have, you know, talked about Camp for an extended period, but I'd definitely be willing to go into some more albums in the future. So let us know what albums you want to go into. We can do like we can do like a throwbacks on album reviews or something. You know, just I, we don't necessarily have to bring Pitchfork in on it. You know, it's I love talking about albums. It's like my favorite thing. Like every week, I'm like, yo, when we're doing that Kanye ranking and it's that's like uh, you know what i feel most comfortable talking about right now is albums so if you guys want to throw in some we'll be glad to give a review or you know tell us tell tell the audience what we think about it you know and i also just think it's such a good way that we can kind of like talk about our taste as well as i think a big thing of the podcast was kind of talk about our life growing up and what music taste we've developed and i think that this is a great way to do that talk about these random albums that you know like i said we probably wouldn't dedicate a whole segment to but like talking about big fish theory 2017 like that was you know kind of like one of the albums that got me bigger into music so i think this is just the start and we can just kind of start getting into more albums so i like this definitely so let's get go let's get some weekly news going here let's kick it off with uh you know the who else could we kick it off with besides kanye west the easy video had skeet davidson being buried and it's getting a lot of uh getting a lot of flack with the media what do you think about that it's so crazy it's like a crazy video like i would have probably at this point just thought that there was gonna be no video for easy or if there was to be videos you'd be like kanye in the game like you know with masks on you know just like mobbing but instead it's a really unique video like it is I really like the animation style of the video though. I'll give them that. Like the animation style is dope, but decapitating Pete and, you know, killing Pete Davidson is like, that's kind of bizarre. Who, and it's like, who'd they kill? Oh, sorry. Skeet, Skeet Davidson. <laughs> um, and like, it's such a, obviously the song itself does this, but the video does it to an even higher level. It like dates where Kanye's at in his life so hard. Like, three months ago he wouldn't call it p davidson and maybe in a year he wouldn't call it p davidson but like this is such a point in kanye's life and it's like gonna be a moment that people are gonna remember forever now so it's kind of crazy that, that he, he's put this on such a large level it just shows like i was just reading through tweets and everything you know you got you got tupac on a song that's why after you fat mother like you know just <laughs> like i can't I'm, I'm trying to censor myself here just to know emphasize the point or you know you have eminem with you know these crazy crazy lyrics back in the day and it's just just shows where we're at in rap you know you can't even have a good music video <laughs> <laughs> no it's crazy so sticking with kanye here let's talk about our thoughts on episode three of genius the final episode what do you think where would you rate this episode out of the three I'm going to be honest, I would put it third. I liked it, but it wasn't at the level of the other two, in my opinion. I saw watching the throne. He said it probably goes three, two, one. 
And I was like, okay, that's pretty interesting. I personally just enjoyed seeing Kanye go from nothing to a superstar and getting a look at all these different points in his career that we had never seen before. One thing that I was thinking about with this episode was all these events were so recent that it was like, I remember most of them happening and it wasn't anything like new per se. Seeing all the old call dropout stuff was footage on a camera before there was iPhones, before there was Twitter stuff that people hadn't seen before, but everything that was happening here, was like, Oh, I saw that on Twitter. Like, I remember that, like the Kanye presidential rally, like that was cool, but it was like, okay, I remember that. Like, it was cool to see his kind of mindset in some of those things. It was cool to see the kids see ghost recording sessions, but they also just missed so many points because it was only cooties footage for the most part and some like TV and stuff, but there was just no, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy no Yeezus, no real 808s no and heartbreaks. Yeah, no like, graduation. Really, no graduation. And I, I put, I'd go one, three, two would be my ranking of it. I really, I really did enjoy the episode. You know, you have with these, you have more appearances as well. You got guys, you got who was it? Cuddy, Pusha T, you got two chains in the background of one, Travis Scott, Takashi Murakami. You know, there was, there was a lot of huge names in there and I liked seeing that almost it, it was very disappointing though that we didn't end up getting um my beautiful dark twist like all those you know the, all those albums you just mentioned there and but I, I liked what they did there you know with kind of showing a cootie's life you know I he was a huge he was an integral part of getting us all of this you know he believed in Kanye so I liked that they gave him you know they gave him his flowers with that and you know they let him film, film a little bit of his personal stuff there and get that in there. Yeah, and I think it was also a really cool contrast between Kanye and Cootie. Like two people yeah. that have come from the same place and Kanye is who he is today and Cootie is who he is today. And they're so different, but like they came from the same place and they're still, you know, friends. So it's kind of interesting to see the difference between their lives and just kind of how different moves will take you different places. I, yeah, and I definitely enjoyed the whole documentary. You know, that's not to say that I didn't like episode two or didn't like, you know, any of the episodes. It was it was fantastic. It was so great to see you. No, absolutely. I agree. Um, even though I'm I was kind of trashing on three, great episode. Well done with every all the footage they had, but it was just my least favorite. Like we were talking earlier about ranking the Kanye albums. Jesus is one of your, you know, middle albums, but it's they gave 9.5. That's a little high but it's still pretty high for you. That's how the documentary was for me. Like they're all great. It's hard to rank. Um, the one quote that Cootie said that just hit different though, is when he said, I knew Kanye, but I'd never met Yeezy. I was, that was taken that was, back I, when he said that. Yeah. I felt, yeah, no, I felt that one in the, in my chest there. That was like, damn. He, and he was right too. You no, know, that was like a perfect way of putting it. He was a very good narrator, by the way. I, no, really he's enjoyed his narration. Yeah, it was so crazy because, like I mentioned, they came up together and he was there for so many of those big moments early on. But then they just spent a couple of years apart. So it was really cool to see them get back together here in these last couple of years. But huge years, too. Like, yeah, definitely huge years. But it was crazy just to see, like, in kind of those middle years between the recent years and the early years there was the one time they kind of saw each other and they barely talked. They just kind of dapped each other up. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's kind of weird. Like I couldn't imagine not being really friendly with somebody I was like with all the time in like the formative years of my life and career. Like that's crazy. Definitely. And 
I, you know, I, the more I think about it, the more I like episode three, you know, it's kind of showing like all those different transitions and everything. That was. No, it was definitely good, but man, the other quote that got me is after the Grammys when Kanye said, Hennessy will be the death of me. Yeah, that was that funny. Was that crazy. was crazy. That it was yeah. hilarious then. And I'm sure it was actually funny then, but ooh, little did they know that it actually would be that fateful night with the Taylor Swift incident. Um, and it was so weird. I it was almost uncomfortable when he didn't know where you're like when he wasn't saying Cootie's name, we were saying uh Chico. I was like, Yeah, no, he's or Chike. Was... I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> like I don't like that. Like, but then he like you couldn't tell if he was like messing around or just really drunk. You're like, oh, okay. It was just bizarre. I didn't like that. He was on one, man. <laughs> he was definitely on one. And then it was, you know, it was almost uncomfortable seeing some of those conversations he was having like in 2020 and 20 yeah i know where he's like going crazy and everything that was like the president presidential uh campaign that was yes and then you know in the backyard where could uh cootie shut off the camera that was another one that i was like damn yeah it was like i almost felt like it was something i wasn't supposed to see ever like it was almost too personal although i'm sure it was fine like if it came out yeah he obviously but, had to give it the green light but it was like man like that's you know a side of kanye that we always knew was there but we've never really seen firsthand before like obviously with the rants at the saint pablo's who were and you know that even the presidential uh thing in south carolina you saw it to some extent but him just sitting there in a conversation with people and being kind of crazy is different than that in the public eye definitely and that that was just like you said it was like felt like something you weren't supposed to see i agree with you on that but overall such a great series i only wish there was more episodes definitely damn they said maybe the surprise fourth one but i doubt we'll ever get that so no i would love it if it was some donda one and donda two making up footage out there that would be that'd be great so i i can see it happening but i don't know if it'd be cooties film it could be somebody else's but they could see the reception of this and be like we got to do this but talking about kanye the rolling loud miami lineup released this week with some big names headlining kanye future and kendrick lamar the kendrick one had me shook you know this whole time i've been like uh i'm probably not going you know it's so hot miami was so hot in new york like i i could barely stand it there and it it was 30 to 40 degrees and i was like this whole time i've been i'm not going i'm not going but then <laughs> that kendrick one i was like ooh, that was like that was really unexpected for me and uh like hayden and i were talking about this morning when is when's the next time i'm gonna get to see kendrick live so i mean yeah. I'm, I'm probably gonna make my way to miami <laughs> whoa that's a big move i mean i wouldn't be mad at that i'd love that but it's pretty crazy i i did not expect to see kendrick's name when that lineup dropped um and then the rolling on twitter said this means exactly what you think it means basically they were like it's been a long five years and you know he's back on a couple other festivals so this makes the kendrick album seem so much closer than we even thought last week with the other festival overseas like seeing this one in the united states in miami you're like okay he's getting booked here it is kendrick season you know another thing that's like i pretty much you know just my closing reason i'm gonna buy at rolling loud they do three different stages so the so it's kendrick 
little baby Kodak. So that'd be, you know, they're all split up on three different stages, but then I'm assuming right before Kendrick is going to be baby Keem. So, I mean, family ties with those two doing it together, that, that'd just be different. It's going to be different enough in St. Louis, you know, with my cousin right on my shoulder, but I mean, you know, just seeing that it's something I got to see. So. No, that's the thing. Like, yeah, like you said, three different stages, but the lineup is so deep. Let's get in this lineup a little bit deeper. I mean, the first day you have Kanye, Playboy Cardi, Lil Dirk, Don Tolliver, Two Chains, Lil Yachty, Three Six Mafia, Sweetie, Snot, G Herbo, Fabio Foreign, so many more. Even here at the bottom, you have some people like Casey, SSG Kobe, Ken Carson. Such a great day one. Is there anybody in this lineup you'd love to see besides Kanye, of course? So, I mean, Two Chains, that's always, I was a huge Two Chains fan back in the day, but the most appealing one to me, other than Kanye, of course, Three Six Mafia. You mm. know, I, I was kind of brought up on that a little bit. You know, it's it, life came full circle. Uh, my mom went to, my mom and dad both went to a concert when it, uh, I think it was like right after I was born to a 50 Cent concert, and he was one of the headliners in New York. So, I mean, you know, they kind of, I was kind of brought up on Three Six Mafia with the both of them. So, that'd be, that'd be one of the crazy ones to see. So, see what happens no that's fire i like that two chains mentioned at chances festival back in 2016 they had a college grove set so it was lil wayne and two chains doing like their individual hits as well as the college grove collab so that was pretty dope to see because i probably wouldn't have gone like to a two chains concert by himself but seeing him play those hits i was all for that i was taking me back moving on to saturday future headlining with lozy vert gunna the baby Gucci Mane, Lil TJ, Ski Master Slump God, City Girls, Kevin Gates, Amine, Soldier Boy, Nardo Wick, Action Bronson. You know, a lot of great names here. Is there somebody else you'd be excited to see here? Ooh, this, I mean, obviously Future, uh, Kevin Gates, you know, for two phones and really, really Nardo Wick, though. I really enjoyed Nardo Wick's project. Mm. So, I mean, that'd be a, one I'd, I feel like he's going to have a crazy mosh pit. So, I'd, I'd really enjoy that. So. I will really enjoy that, hopefully. Oh, I like that. I keep teasing the idea, so I'll probably pull the trigger. <laughs> I like that. You were doing the same thing with the stem player and looking yeah. at the stem player. Um, <laughs> shout out. Um, I love your talk about moshing, though, because I'm at the point where I don't want to mosh. Like, I'm kind of regretting the fact that I bought a general mission ticket to see Baby Keem. I'm like, you know, I'd be cool in the in the seats. <laughs> I, I love GA. I love it's great. I did too. I did too for years, but I'm just a little bit over. You get a little bit too sweaty. You get a little bit, your shoes get stepped on. You're just touching people. I just like to stand by myself and watch. Like I'd be okay in the, in the balcony. You'll get to my point when you. Yeah, I'll grow up one older. day. You'll grow up one day. Cause <laughs> trust me, I was there. I was all about the mosh and I'm still a little bit for it, but I'm kind of like, uh, I just want to sit there. And then looking at Sunday, we have Kendrick Lamar, Lil Baby, Kodak Black, Baby Keem, Suicide Boys, Trippy Red, Moneybag Yo, ASAP Ferg, Young Nudie, Tyler Yahweh, OGZ. A lot of good names here. Anybody you'd be wanting to see if you do go? I think it, it's not a matter of if, it's when I when I go here. You know, okay. I tease a little too much. I'll probably be there. So, uh, um, obviously excited for Keem and Kendrick, like I said earlier. I didn't get to see Trippy Red the first time around at Rolling Loud. I was watching, J. Cole was like 10 minutes later. So I was like, there's no way I make it back for good spots. So be another one, you know, I'm really interested to see. And hopefully they, the timing winds up because I see Baby Keem's a couple spots in front of him. So hopefully the timing 
lines up correctly, but we'll see what happens. If you had to pick a day out of the out of these three, what would you pick? What would be your favorite day that you that you'd want to see the most? Sunday, no question. Like Definitely. I think, yeah, I think that's a. You know, I've seen Kanye twice. As much as I would love to see Kanye again, I've never seen Kendrick, and Kendrick is like the greatest of our generation, of course. So, and I, even I feel like following there. Kendrick, they have a better lineup. You. Yeah, I think actually the first day has my favorite like uh, Post, su- subheaders, yeah, but yeah. Kendrick is just the realest. I have to see Kendrick. This gives me a little bit of hope that he could be a lot of blues of this year, though. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, he's doing a few festivals, so. And that lineup has not come out yet. That comes out sometime in March, though, so I'll be looking forward to that. I went last year. I've gone, oh, that was my third time going, I think, so I think I'd have to go with Kendrick's area. The thing with Lala is it's so weird. Like the amount of time people are willing to wait for somebody. I made my friend go, AJ and I, he, we went together uh, the year chance was a headliner. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is chance's city. We're getting there at noon. And we're mm-hmm. standing at that stage till chance comes out. And we actually missed the train on the way there. Um, shout out to AJ for messing up the schedule. Um, but, so we got there a little bit late. I think we got there at like two or three or whatever. Um, but we just went to the stage where Chance was and we just hung out there all day and listened to the openers um, or the other acts perform. And there wasn't even that many people that were like waiting all day. So I was like, oh, do we really need that? But then last year I went to see Tyler basically. Mm-hmm. And I went to the stage where Tyler was going to be. And there were people that were holding the rail like at noon. And I was like, oh my God, this is different. Like for some, it's kind of just different levels. Like the Tyler fans are a little bit more dedicated, the Chance fans, even Chicago. So I was pretty shocked at that. So I'd be really interested to see how Kendrick fans would be. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's been years since he's been to Chicago, in years since the album dropped. So I think there'd be some serious people waiting. You just got to push your way through. I mean, <laughs> I was kind of like my first day at Rolling Loud. I was just like, oh, I'm getting chilled back here because we didn't go until a little bit later. But then I was just like, fuck this. Just started finding my, finding my opportunities there. And I was getting pretty close every time. So no, you can definitely do it. Um, Shout out to Levi if he's going to listen to this episode. I was in St. Louis with my boy Levi last weekend at Mardi Gras. We had a good time. And then our morning after, we went to Slim Chickens and we were, you know, eating some lunch when he was talking about how pushable fan bases are. And I was like, it'd be a great episode if he came on and we talked about a tier list of how pushable fans are from, you know, they're not moving out of the way to, oh, you're getting the front row, no problem. So, let us know if that sounds like something you'd think would be a good episode and we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll get Levi on here as a surprise guest. Well, we're still, wait, yeah, guest, we're still waiting to have our, you know, our a guest here. We're still, it's in the works of course. So expect, expect some guests coming soon. Hopefully. Hey, I think it's going to be next week. I think the episode we have next week is perfect. All right. For who, who we know, let's not say it yet, but I think you guys are going to get guests next week, maybe guests, uh, plural. So stay tuned for next week. Let's move on to some releases this week. We have NBA Youngboy and Baby with their collab project, King Vaughn dropping, Baby Tron, The Cool Kids, RZA and DJ Scratch, MGK. We have singles from Joey Badass, Pusha T on the Nego project, Moray featuring Corday, a little rhyme there, uh-huh. Dom Fike with the Euphoria single, uh, Tom the Mailman, and T Grizzly also dropping this week. A lot of people dropping dropping here. We should have a lot of we should have a pretty consistent week here. What are you most excited for? 
you know, I'm definitely most excited for the Murray and Corday song. This was a duo that I didn't know would make a song together, but I think there's potential. You know, I feel like a lot of people compare Corday to J. Cole a little bit. And you heard my life with Murray and uh, J. Cole. So I think there's some potential for a hit here. Obviously, I'm very excited for the Push It T song. I'd be more excited if it was a Push It T song for his project like Diet Coke, but I love Diet Coke. So I'm excited to see how this song for the Nego project comes out. And the Joey Badass single actually came out today. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people were kind of hating on uh, the revenge when that dropped, but this song was pretty fire. So no complaints there. I'm very excited for Joey's project. I can agree with you with that Joey Badass song. I thought it was pretty good, pretty fire. That's one of the ones I was looking forward to. Yeah, along with the Dom Fike, I'm good. I'm ready to get that on streaming. I saw a ton of hate, you know, maybe it was because of the season finale and it was, you know, three, four minute chunk, but I thought he killed it with what he did there. And I, No, it's definitely a great song, but it was just such a weird moment in the episode that went on for a little bit too long. Yeah, I, I kept, like, I was like, is it going to end? <laughs> like, I'll be honest, I literally picked up my phone. Like, I was just, like scrolling through Twitter. I was like, okay, like, I, I love Dominic Fike. I love his music. You know, I love the character Elliot on the show, but I'm like, this is the season finale. Like, we got some stuff to <laughs> we got some tea. Yeah, we gotta get to some shit here. So, so uh, it was a good song, though. So, it'll be cool to have it on streaming services. We got to talk about this DaBaby and NBA Youngboy collab, though. Are you excited for this? How are you feeling? It was not one I put together. It was not what I expected at all. Uh, we'll see how it turns out. You know, I'll bump some young boy songs here and there along with the baby. You know, I bump him a little bit more, but NBA young boy is just different. We talked about it a little bit last week. He is he's something. He's crazy. Um, I just saw a video today on Twitter yesterday, maybe, and it was the Phoenix Suns. It was Mikel Bridges and DeAndre, and they were just getting down to some young boy before the game. Like it showed time till tip off. It was like eight minutes, and they were just dancing. They weren't taking jumpers. They were getting live to i think it was nevada by mp young boy and i was like okay they won the game by like 20 points so maybe that's the rest but maybe we gotta listen to some young boy before a game on sunday let's get ready yeah the, the suns are doing something right so maybe maybe that's the recipe i think it is but we are recording today on thursday just like we did last week so we weren't really able to talk about the releases that came out last week we hadn't been able to give them a listen so we had the Conway the Machine project last week, as well as the Earth Gang project. I actually really enjoy both these projects. I enjoy both these artists. Um, I think that was shocking to me was the Needle Drop dropped a review of the Conway the Machine project, gave it a nine. I saw the yellow flannel. I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. I didn't watch the video, but I saw he gave it a nine. I was like, hmm, okay. Like I liked the project, but I thought that was kind of crazy. Conway is fire, but he's probably my least favorite of the three Griselda boys. So that was pretty interesting, but I do enjoy the project. Did you have a chance to give either of these a listen? I did. And, you know, like you said, I enjoyed both of them. It's unfortunate, you know, that we don't get to do this the week of. It kind of sucks. But um, on the Earth Gang one, you know, it's good to see another J. Cole feature this year. He's He's got to be plotting with something with all these features. So, I mean, I think that's what I got most excited for uh, to take away from both these two projects. Oh, yeah. That J. Cole feature was great. And so was that future song. I love yes. both of those. Um and guys, we will be back on recording on Friday or Saturday, hopefully next week. But this week we just had something going on Friday, had something going on Saturday. So how to record. Second Avenue early. boys are taking over Chirac. <laughs> yep. 
another fan meetup. See you at the oh, I guess this is gonna come out after the game, but we're going to a Bulls game on <laughs> Friday. Yeah, so. so shout out all the fans we got pictures with, and you know, um, to got some, you know, give out give out some autographs, you know. Yeah, was, I mean, it's just it overwhelming, busy. you know. It's you know, first Chick Fil A and now the United Center. Look at us, yeah. worldwide. All right, moving on here. This is the collab I never knew I needed. Jack Harlow lands leading role in White Men Can't Jump reboot. What are your thoughts on that? I'm all for it. I saw something about how they were like just so wowed by his performance in the audition that they were like, you got it, even though he's never acted before. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's acting all the time. Like yeah. his personality is enough of an act. Like it's not even an act, but it's just like his personality is what they want. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like Fezco in Euphoria. Like we keep going back to Euphoria, but he had never acted before and they just liked his personality and thought he was the fit. I think this is the same exact thing with Jack Harlow. They just want Jack Harlow to be himself. And to, I'm sure there's some character like it fits so well. Like, yeah. it, it's just like, I never, <laughs> I wouldn't put the two together, but like now that they're together, I'm like, oh, all right. It makes sense. You know, I was thinking, I was like, what if Drewski was the other guy in the movie? I was like, that'd be crazy. But I also just don't see Drewski on the court like that. So I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love a movie. Maybe a little side character. Yeah, come on. Comedic relief, you know. You got to have that. I'm going to be honest, though. I haven't seen the original White Man Can't Jump movie. It's pretty fire. It's it's right up there with He Got Game for my uh, 90s basketball movies. It's pretty pretty good movie. Okay, I'm going to have to watch it definitely before this uh, Jack Harlow movie, but I'm definitely going to want to go see the Jack Harlow movie in theaters or, you know, like the day it comes out, so. We'll have to do that and give our review of it the next episode. Definitely. Definitely something I'm looking forward to. But our final piece of news here is there was a report that came out this week about the highest paid rappers in 2021. The top 10 highest paid rappers were Jay-Z, Kanye, Diddy, Drake, Wiz Khalifa, Travis Scott, DJ Khaled, Eminem, J. Cole, and then tied for 10th place, Tech Nine, Doja Cat, and Birdman. Were there any names on this list that surprised you, or any that you were surprised that weren't on there? Um, I was surprised to see Jay Z so high, but you know he also has the label that I'm sure they counted some income for. Um, same thing with Birdman. There, I'm sure a lot of people would be surprised on that, but you know he's still out here uh, screwing these rappers over with those contracts. So, <laughs> shout out Weezy F, baby. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, for the most part, for the top 10, you know, they're all, they're all pretty explainable. What are your thoughts on that? I was surprised by tech nine though. Yeah, no, that one did throw me off a little bit. That was he's got to have some, he's got to have some ties somewhere in some label where he gets paid off that. So no, he definitely has to have something. Obviously if he's at this level of all these other artists, but like, I just wouldn't have thought that he was, I believe he's independent. I could absolutely be wrong on that, but maybe that's how he's making so much money is not you know splitting the money with anybody so i'd be interested to dig a little bit deeper on that probably should have before we record the episode but whatever it's our raw thoughts (laughs) definitely that's what i enjoy the most about this it's it's raw but was there anybody that you were surprised was not on the top 10 oh i mean i would say kendrick but you know it hasn't dropped in five years almost (laughs) um i'm trying to think of a name here but i mean i just I can't think of one off the top of my head. How about you? Do you have one in mind? Well, the only one I was kind of thinking was Tyler. Yeah, that's like the one I would say if I, you know, I had to give an answers, but. And 
like I said, we probably should have a little bit more research, but I don't know all the income that this included. Like, I feel like golf Wang is very successful. So I feel like, you know, Tao has got to have a good amount of income coming from the fashion line. So, but maybe not enough compared to these other artists from their different avenues. So who knows? Next year, next year, we'll, uh, we'll go in depth. We got a full episode on the highest paid rappers in 2022. Yep. All right, moving on into some fan questions for this week. This one, uh, Johnny found this one on TikTok, I believe. If you choose um, choose one of these letters, A has Ariana Grande, ASAP Rocky, Anderson Pock, A Boogie with a Hoodie, B, Brent Fias, Brockhampton, Baby Keem, Bruno Mars, and Billie Eilish, C, Chance the Rapper, Childish Gambino, Chief Keef, Charlie XCX, car seat headrest my fault <laughs> i don't know why and then d drake dr dre daniel caesar don toliver denzel curry who are you picking out of all those you know this is a tough one at first i really thought i was between b and d and i still think i am but c you know the first episode we talked about our top five favorite artists of all time chance and gambino were both in that list so it's I feel almost wrong not picking the list that has them, but I think I'm going to go with B right now. Yeah. Brent Fias and baby Keem are probably my two favorite artists currently. And then I listened to Brockhampton, you know, for years now. So I think that's a good choice. And, you know, Bruno, I'll bump the silk Sonic stuff and Bill. I got some songs I listened to too. And that's kind of what takes away from C. Like I'm not really listening to cheap Keith like that. Not really listening to Charlie XCX like that. And definitely not listening to Carsey headrest like that. So D had to be my second choice as well, though. I mean, all those are heavy hitters, but B's got my top two favorite out right now. So how'd it go with B? What about you? Uh, we texted a little bit about it earlier, and, you know, it was between B or D, but I got to go with B. B is deep. That, that bag is – you got Brockhampton, of course, Baby Keem, like you said, one of my favorite out right now too. Brent Fias always does his thing. Bruno, you know, I – I got do whoops and hooligans on the wall back there. That's always going to be a classic album for me. And then um, you also got the the rat Billie Eilish. Uh, you know, I don't really <laughs> fuck with that one, but <laughs> no, I, that's such a deep list. You know what I just heard recently that shocked me? It was the number of songs that Bruno Mars has out. He's he only gotta have, yeah, he's it's like thirty solo songs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because like I'm thinking about it. You know, an unorthodox jukebox is not that big of an album. You know, uh, do whoops and hooligans. I mean, what probably a 12 track album, if that they're all the same. I think they're all 10 songs. Okay, so yeah, I mean, you know, thinking back it, on yeah. it, it's crazy. It's just like, and that he's had like bangers out there, you know, and he's got, I feel like Bruno Mars kind of flies under the radar. Of course, you don't talk about pop too much, but even in the pop scene, he's been consistent since. I've been in sixth grade before that too, but I mean. No, he's been running the game for a while. So, but he's also kind of like takes his time between the releases. So I think if he was definitely, you know, more uh, often with the releases, he'd be, you know, probably the biggest out, like pretty crazy. What's, what's your favorite Bruno track ever? I think it's gotta be talking to the moon. I mean, oh, that is that's my pick too. That that goes crazy. That is that song's so fire. 
Yeah, I was like, I'm surprised. That's the I thought you were gonna pick some Silk Sonic there, but no, talking to the yeah, moon. Yeah, that, that that reaction got me. <laughs> now, doo-wops and hooligans is fire. Like I remember listening to that like when I was younger, and I was like, those are that was like iPod Touch days, you know, whole oh, album yeah. on there. I was like, Britain Mars is that boy. I was like, okay, this is fire. Grenade back on the radio. Ooh. I remember our Uncle Rudy. Shout to Uncle Rudy. Um, you know, he picked me and Lauren up in the Jeep one day, and we just riding around with the McDonald's drive through. I remember listening to the lazy song or no not the lazy song oh what the, what's the one it's like uh it's like best oh count on me count on you or something we listen to that song in the mcdonald's drive-thru and that's like a core memory i wonder if lauren remembers that we'll have to you know when she gets on an episode we'll have to ask her about that that's a little bit of foreshadowing there <laughs> maybe <laughs> all right moving on to our second question here my boy anthony you know finally showing him some love i this one was put up in the dms you know i was going through snapchats the whole time and finding all our other questions but this one was just stowed away in the dms on instagram if you could pick one artist brain who would it be mm, that's a great question and while i think about it i'm gonna filibuster for a second and say last question obviously was not a question from the audience but i thought it was a good question good little conversation piece so I wanted to get into that because we kind of talked about it, like you mentioned over text, but I was like, okay, let's, you know, flesh out our full ideas and thoughts on that and get into it and then, you know, make other people think about what their choice would be as well. But if I had to pick one artist's brain, I think I would be between. This is Tyler dead or alive, the- by the way, sorry. Dead or alive. Okay. That's- yeah. Dead or alive. Cause my thinking about it, my artist is dead. So. Okay. I feel like that doesn't change. I'm going with Andre 2000. Okay. Yeah. You know, he's, I was somewhere like that. He's he's probably in my top five of who you would have picked. So, like, there's obviously a lot of good choices. I would love to talk to Kendrick. I'd love to talk to Tyler. I'd love to talk to Chow. There's Shannon, so yeah. Now. There's so many art. It's so hard to choose one. But I'm going with Andre. I would love to understand all the decisions he made throughout his career, musically and non-musically, just in his life, as well as you know why there was no Andre solo project. Why you know, the fallout between outcasts happened, all this sort of stuff, and just kind of understand what makes him him. Because to me, he's like one of the most creative artists there is, one of the most influential artists there is, and the best rapper there is. And I just love to, you know, understand why he is that way and why he's the greatest. Definitely. I think any artist you could choose, I mean, that's mainstream enough would be just an amazing thing to just pick their brain and, you know, ask them all these questions. Mine would be mac miller i would i'm like so interested like the more i listen and go back you know i'm so infatuated with like the growth he had in such a short period of time you know it felt like there were blue slide park kids and then what 2013 he dropped watching movies with the sound off and that was just almost a whole different sound then then it just kept progressing after that and that would definitely be my choice you know i just would love to you know pick his brain a little bit of course you know see the you know what caused the transition and you know, some of the choices he made that maybe ended up costing in his life. I'd love to see, you know, what his own thoughts were on that and everything. So that's a great choice. I was not expecting it, honestly, but great choice. Like you said, when you mentioned it, I was like, okay, personally, I would obviously love to understand the evolution of his career. And that's exactly what you said. So I love that. It's a great choice. I think that about wraps it up for this week. Do you have any closing thoughts for the audience? Let us know what albums you want us to look into, see what other people rated them, give our rankings, or you know, talk about our experiences with them, and 
we can make that a series as well get into your choice albums as well as give us some more questions you know we still have some in the bag but we're running a little bit low so hey we we are really low so this is another thing that's kind of off the script you know i'm not checking up with my uh, my partner here but look out for an instagram post this week and you guys can comment down some questions and we can go over some of those we're we're in need we're in dire need of an instagram post so we'll get something out for you guys and um please respond to some feedback we love answering the questions that's probably my favorite part of the episode or one of them that's something i look forward to every week so also shoot us a dm let us know how you like the ox battle if there's anything you thought we could have done better i liked it i thought it turned out really well i liked you know putting the instagram polls out there and you know kind of giving the audience a say and want to know baby uh, want to know. know you know i'll put some respect on your name for now but just wait for he's coming revenge tour you don't want to see me if i lose two in a row i mean we gotta we gotta get one i mean fairly soon so it'll be out eventually but like you said not next week but i mean probably not the week after that but we'll we'll, we'll get something in the works here to get some out for you guys definitely in the next month yeah i, I, I know that loss has got to serenade for a little bit so i'll keep pushing it back a little bit <laughs> i'm ready i'm ready for round two that's all i'm gonna say all right i think that about wraps it up johnny as always thank you guys for listening Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.